Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Katie G and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Thursday, October 18th, 2018, and this is the 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting. Today we are reading from the big book Alcoholics Anonymous and we are in the chapter Two Employers. We're starting on page 141 with the second paragraph, but there are many men who want to stop. We're reading through five paragraphs ending with, he is not deceiving himself or you, and comments will be welcome on all paragraphs. Today's readers are the 12 Steps, Jackie M., the 12 Traditions, Anita L., and readers of the text are Reva P., Janice P. M., and Allison L. The share IDs for Wednesday, October 17, 2018, are for the 7 a.m. Eastern Time, 12,054, and the 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 12,056. OA Preamble, Overeaters Anonymous, is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, quote, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers, end quote. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Jackie M. to please read the 12 steps of OA. Jackie? Good morning, everyone. This is Jackie M. from New York, a recovered compulsive overeater. The 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to to compulsive overeaters 
and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for letting me do service, and I pass. Thanks, Jackie. And I will now ask Anita L. to please read the 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. Anita? Yes. Good morning, everyone. This is Anita L. from outside of Philadelphia. The 12 Traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10. Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you. And with that, I pass. Have a great day. Thanks, Anita. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book, Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two or five from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book, and we are in the chapter Two Employers, starting on page 141, the second paragraph. We are reading, But There Are Many Men Who Want to Stop through five paragraphs ending with, he is not deceiving himself or you. Comments welcome on all. And I will now ask Reva P. to begin our reading. Reva? 
Good morning. This is Reva P., Grateful, Recovered, Compulsive Overeater in Toronto. But there are many men who want to stop, and with them you can go far. Your understanding treatment of their cases will pay dividends. Perhaps you have such a man in mind. He wants to quit drinking, and you want to help him, even if it be only a matter of good business. You now know more about alcoholism. You can see that he is mentally and physically sick. You are willing to overlook his past performances. Suppose an approach is made something like this. State that you know about his drinking and that it must stop. You might say you appreciate his abilities, would like to keep him, but cannot if he continues to drink. A firm attitude at this point has helped many of us. Next, he can be assured that you do not intend to lecture, moralize, or condemn, that if this was done formally, it was because of misunderstanding. If possible, express express a lack of hard feeling toward him. At this point, it might be well to explain alcoholism, the illness. Say that you believe he is a gravely ill person with this qualification, being perhaps fatally ill. Does he want to get well? You ask because many alcoholics being warped and drugged do not want to quit. But does he? Will he take every necessary step, submit to anything to get well, to stop drinking forever? If he says yes, does he really mean it? Or down inside, does he think he's fooling you that after rest and treatment, he'll be able to get away with a few drinks now and then? We believe a man should be thoroughly probed on these points. Be satisfied he is not deceiving himself or you. Okay, so I'm Reva P., Grateful Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Uh, Three main things strike me in this reading. First of all, when I work with others, whether it's in business or at home um, or in the rooms, um, my job is not to convince, lecture, or moralize. And it's the disease and the desperation and coming to a bottom that is the best convincer. And it says the same thing on page 98 when we work with others um, that I need to make sure the person is desperate. And if somebody is not desperate enough um, to take what we have to offer, then I'm supposed to go and work with somebody who is. The second thing that strikes me is that it asks the question, which um, I need to ask myself and I guess people that I work with, do I really want to stop? Um, And that means am I willing to do whatever it takes, take the necessary steps, submit to anything, which reminds me, you know, going to any lengths. This is not always convenient. I don't always want to do it. I don't always feel like doing what I need to do, but am I going to do it? And that that goes for the food and it goes for everything else with the step work. And the thing that strikes me the most is about deceiving myself. Um, And I've learned that the main aspect of this disease, when I'm blocked with food and blocked with defects, I can't differentiate true from false. I'm deceiving myself all the time. And I looked at the definition of deceive And it's to mislead, delude, imposing a false idea or belief 
that causes ignorance, bewilderment, or helplessness. And I had this huge false belief that I could fix myself, that if only, fill in the blank, everything would be fine, that it was everybody else's fault. Um, And the biggest lie that I tell myself is that it's not going to be okay. I don't trust. Um, And that's a lie because I have always been taken care of. Um, God always does for me what I could not do for myself. So um, this is just a great reminder in all aspects of life and for myself, most importantly, you know, at all stages of recovery, am I willing to do whatever it takes? Because what I did a few years ago would not be enough um, spiritually to sustain me today. It's a constantly continuing, continuing and growing and doing whatever it needs, whatever needs to be done um, to match the external calamity with inner serenity because the answer is always about my internal condition and my thinking. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Reva. Okay. For those who have just joined us, I just want to remind everyone, we are in the chapter Two Employers on page 141 with the second paragraph, but there are many men who want to stop reading through five paragraphs ending with, he is not deceiving himself or you. Who would like to comment on what was read? Madam? Janice P. Janice. Cheryl A. Cheryl A. Marcella M. Marcella M. Harlan. Nessa R. And Nessa. Okay, we're going to stop there. That's a great group. So let me tell you who I have. Matt M., Janice P.M., Cheryl A., Marcella M., Harlan G., and Nessa R. Okay, so I think we'll begin our sharing with Matt M. Uh, Matt, go ahead, please. Good morning, Katie. Thank you for your service. Uh, Good morning, everyone. This is Matt M., a compulsive overeater from New Jersey. Yeah, I wanted to share, like, um, I wish I had an employer who was honest with me, and um, I wish I was more honest about my eating. I was doing everything in secret behind the closed doors and no one can see me. But, again, (laughs) I couldn't hide my disease, the width of my 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 butt which definitely shows that I was I was definitely a compulsive over ear, but no one no one didn't want to say anything to me. No one was no one would come up to me, Matt, what are you doing? What are you doing with yourself? Look at look at your big, you know. But uh I did have strangers come up to me when I was working in my last job, com- complete strangers, so I customers and they same one palm the card in my hand and say, Listen, this is a try this weight loss program, you're a nice guy but uh need to lose some weight. But of course though if you would if I'm really honest with myself, people would have told me that I would have got I would have been nice to them at the time but in my head, I would have been seething. I was the kind of one of those people, and definitely I think a post reader, that didn't want to be told what to do and don't even mention my weight because I didn't want to, I did not want, not want to deal with it at all. Um, now, currently in my life, I'm abstinent. I'm working the program um, with the steps of my sponsor, and um, I'm currently looking for a job right now. I'm actually um, having an interview next Tuesday. I'm very grateful for that. I'm also nervous and very uh, excited at the same time. And, uh, I don't want to bring any of my old baggage into this new into this new job once I get a position. Who knows? But I'm just leaving myself open to my higher power. Whatever's going to happen is going to happen at the interview, and if I get the job, I get the job. If I don't, I'll just move on. But uh, this is the first interview I've had in over 11 years. I haven't worked in over 11 years, and I'm really grateful that uh, um, my higher power has given me the willingness, and I've, I've gotten the willingness um, to work this program in order to be able to get where I am today. Everybody's like, People are really surprised, like, wow, you're going back to work? I said, yeah, I need to go back to work. I need to make a little bit more money than what I have. And I'm very grateful that um, 
I'm at the place I am today. I'm a much better place than I was um, even a couple months ago. And uh, I'm very, very grateful. I'm lucky that I have good people in my life and uh, on the line and outside of the outside of the room start supporting me and being there for me when I need them. So it's like it's real. This program really does give back, you know. And I'm starting to give back to this program. I need to because I have to give. It says give freely what you've been given, or you're going to lose it, you know. So I'm really grateful that just for today, give back what I've so freely been given with that I passed. Thank you. Thanks, madam. Okay, next up we'll have Janice PM followed by Cheryl A. Janice. Well, <clears throat> good morning again. My name is Janet. Good morning, Katie. My name is Janice PM, and I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Now, we have to remember, I have to remember that an employer is writing this, and it's his directions and his experience with employees. So what the, we can get a lot from this employer because he now he's, he understands the disease. He understands the sub, severity of the disease. Um, as myself, I understood, you know, what it was to be a compulsive overeater. And I had the skill, thank you, God, not through myself, but through the grace of God, to be able to detect in the workplace who I thought from my own experience was like me because I, I knew about the allergy and I knew about the obsession of the mind and I could see it in an employee that I had. So <clears throat> the first thing he's trying to tell us is, you know, look for this, you know, this is a skill and it's a real skill that takes time to see if you, first of all, I knew, I know because I've had the experience and the knowledge that this particular um this particular employee needs, he must, she, it was a she, must stop, not until Christmas, not until she loses the weight, um, but, and she was a wonderful, wonderful employee. So I'm going to do some tough luck. I'm going to approach her and I'm going to say, you know what, do you, you know, she says, oh, but I really want to stop. So I would, that's my, my way into the opening the door to her to let her know, yeah, you must stop because, um, and I knew as an employer that she was, uh, had the abilities, she was worth saving. I couldn't save her, but it, God could save her if she, you know, really meant business. And I wasn't lecturing. I wasn't moralizing. I wasn't condemning her. I had love and tolerance because I was there. I know what it was. And I could tell she was always feeding the children in the school, you know, every day, this snack, that snack, that was all sugar and flour, and she would eat it, and uh, et cetera, et cetera. So um, I would, and, you know, maybe she didn't know about, you know, what compulsive overeating, how serious it was. So you can usually tell, well, you know, but I'm not God. So sometimes I was deceived. But, uh, you know, she's worth saving. So um, do you really want to quit? I mean, do you really want to put this stuff down, you know, for one day? Oh, yeah, I really do because I can't stand this. I can't stand that. So what it's, what it's telling us, uh, in future employers, that um, this is what you do. But it takes some skill and it takes God to help you do this. And this is what it's, this is all about. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Janice. And we will now have Cheryl A. followed by Marcella M. Cheryl, please go ahead. 
Hi, can I be heard? Yes, yeah. Hi, so um, I have two little ones who uh, uh, need me at the moment, so I'll try to jump in a little bit later. Thanks so much. Okay, uh, let's see. So we are going to move forward then with Marcella M. followed by Harlan G. Marcella, please go ahead. Thank you, Katie. Um, Marcella recovered in Boston. Will I take every necessary step, submit to anything to get well, to stop drinking forever? <laughs> I want to say yes. I want to say yes. I mean, just like saying, are you going to stop compulsively overeating forever, just for the day of today, but forever? I really want to say yes, but I really need to be proud on these points every single day, every single day. And that's what I, that's what a vision for you does for me, with me. Um, a vision for you collectively pros me on these points every single day. Are you serious? Are you deceiving yourself? Are you just like, like, you know, resting on your laurels? Are you getting a little too complacent? I realized a few years ago that I was going to relapse in Spanish if I didn't start helping others in Spanish because I started having dreams of going um, to Spanish-speaking countries and, and thinking in Spanish. I was dreaming in Spanish thinking, oh, this is just in English, but if I turn my <laughs> life in Spanish, then uh, food is going to be harmless. And uh, because, yeah, that's the nature of the disease, cunning, baffling, powerful. So my recovery has to be vigilant every single day, every single day. Um, I wish I could explain to you what's happening in Spanish. In una visión para ti, it's just impossible that subtleties and nuances of the language, which is like a different approach to reality. But it is happening in Spanish, and it's just so wonderful to see that many people want, want desire the employment of helping others in Spanish reading this big book, and that we have just one employer, and that's the higher power, who takes away our endless, voracious desire for food that is alcoholic to us. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Marcella. And we'll now have Harlan G. followed by Nessa R. Harlan, please go ahead. Thank you, Katie, and thank you, Gabriella, for letting us have your mom this morning, and thank you for your service, and Team Thursday as well. I'm Harlan G., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Scottsdale, Arizona. This set of paragraphs here, to me, is so much more about myself, my relationship with myself, and sponsorship than it is about the workplace. Legalities have changed so much since the 1930s. Uh, alcoholics are a protected class. There's things you can and cannot say to an employee in the workplace. Things have changed. But there are certain things here that are universal truths that have not and, in my opinion, never will change. Whether I am talking to myself in my mind or whether I'm in in the role of the sponsor or the sponsee, I have to see that step one is black and white, that there is a step I have to work perfectly, and that's step number one. And this is what I have to say to myself. I have to say to myself, it's, a, it's on page 142, at the bottom of the paragraph, not the bottom of the page, it says, will he take every necessary step submit to anything to get well, 
to stop drinking forever? And that's a question that I not only have to ask myself, I have to ask it of the people that I sponsor. If he says yes, does he really mean it? Or down inside, does he think he is fooling you? And that after rest and treatment, he will be able to get away with a few drinks now and then. That was me. I was going to be a good boy six days a week. But on Sunday morning, I was going over to that buffet in Skokie. We believe a man should be thoroughly probed on these points, be satisfied he is not deceiving himself or you. Now, there's only one way that I'm going to be convinced that I'm going to do this, and that's to do it. And there's only one way that somebody else is going to convince me that they're going to do it, and that is to do it and show me. I'm not from Missouri. I'm from Illinois. But the show me state is Missouri. The best state motto, show me. If I don't listen to words, I watch actions. A very famous football coach said, what you are doing is screaming so loudly, I cannot hear what you're saying. Calling me up and saying, I can't get abstinent, calling me up and saying, I'm trying, is not doing. I'm either doing step one or I'm not. I'm either working the rest of the steps or I'm not. There is no try. What did Master Yoda teach us? There is no try. Either do or don't. And with that, I will pass. Thank you. Thank you, Harlan. And we will now have Nessa R. And then we'll open it up again for sharing. Nessa, please go ahead. Hi. Good morning, Vision for You. Um, this is Nessa R., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Toronto, Canada. Deceiving myself and others. Um, I think every addict is a master of self-deception. Uh, not so sure about deceiving others. Um, and I am no exception. And this is why... You know, frothy emotional appeals from doctors, uh, friends, spouses, children, loved ones, you know, doesn't work because I can come up with a million and one reasons, rationalizations, justifications um, for why I need to eat, for why I am the way I am. And the, 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 the saddest thing is that I believe them. I don't know if other people believe them, but I believe them. And I don't know how many times, you know, I said to um, to those concerned about me, you know, that I was going to do it just to mollify them. I would just say whatever they want to hear. And I believed it. I believed it. And um, nothing really, nothing really would, would change to the point that I, you know, destroyed my credibility. Uh, and it took a long time for me to, to gain it back. And I'm not talking only about the food now, but I'm talking also about my behavior, my attitude, you know, that bulldozer, self-righteous, know-it-all, I'm always right, I know what's best for you and everybody else kind of kind of attitude. It was about everything. It was the whole package. I will change. I will change. I promise. Things will get better. And, you know, I guess deep down inside, I was hoping that things would get better just magically, that I wouldn't have to do anything. Um, that just saying it would make it happen by magic. And, you know, it isn't so. I mean, it, you know, nothing happens without work. If something, um, if we want 
um, everything to change, we have to be willing to change everything, but that not everyone. It means everything about ourselves, not about about um, everyone. And the miracle is that at some point, that self-deception stopped working. And I know the moment when it stopped working, it's when I saw for the first time in my life, someone in whom the problem had been solved, somebody who was in a normal body after being severely overweight, somebody who had the joy of life despite challenges, somebody for whom, um, you know, uh, challenges were not an excuse anymore to indulge in either food or the behaviors that I just described. And so that showed me that it was possible because I think that when I was lying to others and to myself, I, the reason I did it was because I don't believe that I could ever get better, that I could ever change. Um, but, you know, she, seeing her made me believe that it was possible for me too. And I was reminded of this, and I'm going to close with this. I, I, I was reminded of this recently, a few months ago. I was, Time, I was trying to work. Oh, okay, well. Um, you won't find out the rest of the story, but I will pass. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Nessa. And for those who are just joining us, we are in the chapter Two Employers, page 141, with the second paragraph, but there are many men who want to stop. We are reading through five paragraphs, ending with, he is not deceiving himself or you. And who would like to comment on what was read? Barbara E. Vasa. Barbara Vasa O. Vasa. Ross M. Melissa C. Ross M. Melissa. One more. Jen A. Jen A. All right. That's a great lineup. So we have Barbara E., Larry K., Vasa O., Russ M., Melissa C., and Jen A. Wow. All right. Miss Barbara, go ahead, please. Thank you so much, Katie, for your service. This is a wonderful meeting as usual. Well, I, I can't, can't look at it from the point of view of my employers uh, in the workforce, but I certainly can look at it from my point of view as both a sponsee and a sponsor. I certainly understand about his or her compulsive reading, and I also understand that he or she must stop. And I also appreciate their sincere desire to stop, but that's not action. Is he really willing to stop and take all the actions? I can't know that. I didn't even know whether I was deceiving myself when I said I could. Only time will tell. No lecture, no moralizing. I don't like people to do that to me, and I don't want to do that to them. For me, I've always had the firm intention, but not entirely willing to take all the necessary actions to affect relief from the desire to go back to the food over and over again for self-soothing. I always thought that I could change or modify the program just slightly, make some Barbara adjustments. Did I really need a higher power? Did I really need to never have a certain product? Did I really need to confess or share my resentments and harms? Did I really need to go to the person I'd harmed and make a sincere apology and make the necessary restitution? I was always 
deceiving myself. I didn't even know it. Could I cross over from the lack of trust in a higher power to believing in a higher power who would help me every single day? I don't, did not know what I did not know, but I do know that the only thing that worked for me was complete abstinence, was following the steps, and always trying to move forward because someone once said to me, to try is to die. Don't try. Do it, Barbara. Just do it. And after two decades, I am so happy to share with you all, it works. It really works. Thank you so much. I pass. Katie, again, many thanks. Thank you, Barbara. And we will now have Larry Kay, followed by Vasa O. Larry, please go ahead. Thanks, Katie. Good morning, and thank you for your service. Um, you know, I, I, I want to tell you about someone that I know, someone that I work with. And uh, she's a lovely woman, she, and, I, and I will tell you, and she's very bright, and she knows her, her, her work very well. And that's why she was hired. Now, I will tell you, she is, she is, I'll give you some more facts. She is morbidly obese. And she is um, battling, you know, the consequences of adult onset diabetes and some other things. And, you know, it's really sad to see. And I will tell you that she will never be fired for being morbidly obese, obviously, right? We don't live in a society where... Uh, we do that sort of thing. I can't tell you what her future is. She does, we do talk. Um, I, you know, I, I, I live this program. I don't preach the program to people. Now, I may sound like it on this line sometimes. I hope not too much, but um, but I have to be honest because it is, I, you know, she's a perfect example of just how killing and cunning and baffling and powerful this disease is. And so people see, you know, Harlan talked about demonstration. People see what I do. Now, I don't walk around and stand on ceremony. But occasionally people will ask, you know, what are you doing? I mean, perhaps you've gotten those questions too. You've received those questions. And I will share. And she has come and, and, and investigate a little bit further. And I, and I said, well, I, for many years I've been involved with the group uh, Overeaters Anonymous. I don't push. The thing is, she's, she's, not, she's not ready to change. And I don't say that in judgment, and I don't say that in any, but she, her actions speak loud. She's going to need all sorts of surgery. She misses a lot of work. It's sad to see, you know, this, the, the, the ravages of this disease. So for me, you know, what do you do? You know, I cannot want recovery for someone more than they want it themselves. We do need, you know, people can be in denial. I spent, I understand, I spent a lot of time in denial. But no one should die of this disease. Not when, there's, not when there is a prescription. Not when there is a prescription for this. And I, you know, there was a time that I thought, well, you know, she talks a lot about her upbringing, a lot about the challenges she had in her life, a lot about divorce, a lot about a lot of things. And, and again, and I have empathy for that. But 
But the reality for me is I had all those things. There are people that have all those things that are, do not have the twofold nature of this disease. And there's my time. But I just want to say how cunning and baffling and powerful this disease is, and there is a solution if you're there. With that, I pass. Thank you, Larry. And we will now have Vasa O followed by Russ M. Vasa, please go ahead. Thank you. Thank you. Good morning, Katie. Good morning, everyone. I'm Vasa, grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater, and I'm calling from Foxborough, Massachusetts. And this is good reading. And uh, I go back uh, when I came to the program at the beginning, the person that brought me in, and um, she asked me, she said, do you want to stop eating? And I said, of course I want to stop eating. I've been trying to put the food down for 25 years of my life. You know, why are you asking me, you know? I've been struggling with this for years. Well, she wanted to make sure, you know, was I ready? Did I want to? Or if I would? And, yeah, yes, I was ready. I had the willingness. I had the gift of desperation. But for me to, to, to tell her I could not have the rest of my alcoholic foods for the rest of my life, that I just couldn't even imagine I would be able to do that. And she said to me, just do it for today. And when tomorrow comes, do it for tomorrow. That's the only I could do it. But after a while, it just became like a way of life. So at the beginning, one day at a time, it's by the grace of God. Um, my anniversary is coming the 26th of this month, 33 years. From one day at a time at the beginning, it turned out to weeks, months, and years. I even stopped counting. So what I do, I do the same at the beginning. Of course, I wanted to give it to everybody. I wanted to tell all my friends and relatives, whether they wanted to hear it or not, I wanted to get up in my house on the roof and scream, look at, look at what I found. Come, come with me. This is where the solution is. And it was very frustrating at the beginning, of course, till I learned people have to be willing to want this program. And gradually I've been able to let go with love. You know, I have a lot of friends who are struggling. They've come in the program. They have left. But live and let live. And just to love them and not to push it. But I know this is my program. And it's my program. And I have to work it for myself. And I can be power of example. You know, people can see what I do. If they, want to, if they ask what I'm doing, of course I'm going to tell them what I'm doing. I am so grateful. It has given me a life. It has given me peace, serenity, and joy. And this is my time. Thank you for letting me share. And I pass. Thanks, Vasa. And we will now have Russ M. Followed by Melissa C. Good morning, Russ. Good morning, Katie. Good morning, fellows. Uh, Russ M. Recovered compulsive over here outside of Philly. So that self-deception, deceiving myself. I lived in that my whole life, in every aspect of my life. It was like part of me, you know, just like compulsive overeating. And, uh, you know, for me, self, self-deception self led to self-pity. Self-pity led, uh, that, that transitioned into, uh, you know, demoralization. 
and from air despair. And I lived in despair. I lived in existence without life. I was dying while I was living. And because uh, I could never be truthful with myself. I can never, I, I don't know if it was, you know, my, there were sometimes I was lying to myself truthfully, or sometimes I was oblivious to what was going on because I was so entangled and, and tied up with this disease. I couldn't know, I didn't know right the truth from the false, right? I didn't know what was what. And thank God that, you know, I'm a compulsive overeater and, uh, and I, and I crashed and burned and lost things and, uh, got stung by life. That my wife said, yo, you got to do something, man. You're going to lose us. And I walked into the rooms and that's when the scales came off my eyes. Like, uh, I started seeing things that, that I did things that I held back, things that I hid, things that, how I bulldozed people and destroyed people. And I had to grow the hell up. I had to grow the hell up and start working, working these steps. So that, that self-deception destroyed me. And uh, it's all because of control. All because I want, you know, I want to be God. I want everything Russ's way. And I want you to live my way too. I, w- I want to set up the chess table so I so I can beat you, so I can get what I want out of life. And, you know, it's layered, and it's layered in fear. But thank God for this program. Thank God for people on this line, even today, that aren't afraid to be truthful with me and say, Russ, get your head out of, uh, you know, know, where it is. And, so, and the truth is this, and this is what you need to do. And get out of self-pity and, and get moving. And keep moving in the right direction. So that that stuck out to me. You know, I, I wasn't only deceiving the, my loved ones and hurting my loved ones. You know, I did it to myself and it perpetuated this vicious cycle. So thank you very much. I love you guys. Have a beautiful day. Thank you, Russ. And we will now have Melissa C. followed by Jen A. Melissa, please go ahead. Hi, good morning, Katie. Thank you so much for your service. Really, thank you to everybody. Um, Melissa, she recovered compulsive reader in New York. Um, you know, I'm just thinking this morning, like, this meeting, um, this way of life, is a tremendous source of comfort in, um, in scary, uncomfortable times at the structure of a morning meeting, knowing I can call in. I'm going to hear all my friends, all the people that um, speak my truth today, that really, you know, keep my head where it's supposed to be. I'm just deeply grateful. Um, you know, but on this reading specifically, um, you know, the, the are you willing to give it up entirely, <laughs> you know? And um, I just really, I remember, like, when I – first came back to OA, it's been about nine and a half years, I came into a meeting and, um, you know, and someone said, are you ready to start now? And out of my mouth came yes. And then I thought, oh, crap, you mean I can't binge tonight? Like, I thought it was a Saturday meeting after all. And I thought, well, Monday is the only day that one person could possibly start um, and the person was like, no, we can start right now. And and I think, um, you know, I, I had a, 
I had a story in between then and now, you know, I wasn't entirely ready, but I think that's a really good question to ask people. And so when someone calls me, um, and I often get calls from people, um, either before they're going away, I don't know why, <laughs> or before an event with the thoughts that they're going to sort of set it up so that on Monday they're going to begin or when they return they're going to begin. And I think it's so that they can maybe think that they have some power, choice, and control while they're away binging, that they'll come back and they have this, this like, hope that then they're going to get on track. And, you know, when I say to people when they call me then um, is, well, you know, I do believe that um, I know that my willpower has an expiration date, you know, and that's why I have to work the steps quickly. But so does my willingness, you know, and, and just because I'm willing today to pick up the phone, I can't count on it to be there the Monday I return from vacation. So, you know, one of my questions that I ask people that I work with, um, like now, no, no, if you're calling me now, let's put the food down today, right now. Um, and that gives me a really clear indication of whether they mean business or not. And it's okay if they don't. Like, it's a really, it's okay. This is a disease. And, um, and self-deception is a big um, symptom of our disease. And so if they're not ready today, that's okay. I'm still here, you know, still here doing, doing this deal. And um, thank you so much. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Melissa. And we will now have Jen A, and then we'll open up the meeting again. Jen, please go ahead. Good morning. This is Jen A. Um, recovered compulsive overeater, anorexic, and bulimic. Um, I'm calling from Dallas, Texas today. I'm on my knees in my hotel room, and I'm thanking God for my job today. Um, page 141 at the bottom. You know, this compulsive overeating disease, the disease of anorexia, um, it's cunning and baffling. Um, for those of you who are out there this morning and who are still suffering out in the disease, I want you to know there's hope today. Um, the shakiness in my voice and the tears that are falling from my eyes today are because I'm so full of gratitude, so full of gratitude. Um, you see, I have a job today. I'm here with um, colleagues from three different um, cities. Um, we're here to learn and get educated um, on how to do our job better in sales and marketing. And um, I get to be a part of that. But I will tell you, a year and a half ago, um, I was sitting right in these pages. You know, um, it's cunning and baffling because it's food. No one can see me, right? I'm totally anorexic. I'm dying. I'm, a, I'm like a corpse with skin in my office, and nobody gets it. But my employers came up to me, and they could see that I was mentally and physically sick right? And that my performances, oh yeah, I might have not been the best employee, but I was getting the work done for them and, and, and I was providing results for them. Um, they appreciated my abilities, like it said, and they wanted to keep me, right? So they sat down with me and my two directors sat down with me and looked at me with a firm attitude, like it says, across from their desk. They didn't lecture, they didn't moralize, they didn't condemn me. They just said, what is going on? And I had to look at myself and go, oh, my gosh, what am I doing? I am a sick woman. And they couldn't tell why. I wasn't coming to, to work reeking of cupcakes or anything like that. No, I was starving myself. My brain wasn't functioning. Um, and so I had to take the necessary steps. 
And so I ask myself these questions right here. Instead of the employer, I ask myself, will I take every necessary step, submit to anything to get well, to stop compulsively eating and restricting forever? That's the question I'm asking myself in that paragraph. And why? Because i got to figure out what my part is. And thank God for this program because this is why. I get to figure out what my part is. I get to see through this step work and with a higher power what, how I'm going to show up, right? Today, a year and a half later, I am showing up, right? I just went to a staff retreat on Tuesday. My colleagues were paying me um, words of affirmation and telling me things that I don't think I've ever heard before, ever. It was amazing. And why? Because I am I am like honestly working this program, leaning into God. I've had the spiritual awakening because of doing these steps, not just because of putting the food down. I had to do the work, and I have to continue to do the work. I have to take action, action, and more action. And you know what? I have to lean into God more than I've ever leaned into him before. I was a wild card when I came into this office, and thank you, God, thank they you. see me as a wild. Thank God that they see me as a wildflower today. I am so grateful for my job. So I'm just going to continue to go out to work every single day, being of service to God and God's kids. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks, Jen. I think we have time for about two, two and a half minute shares. Who would like to um, take that time? Barbara B. Barbara. Katie T. And Katie T. Okay, Barbara. You know, I'm sorry, Raquel. I'll put you down, but I think we got it. So we had Barbara, Katie T., and Raquel, we'll put you down and see if we have time. Otherwise, we'll go to the second meeting. So, Barbara okay. T., um, please go ahead. Thank you. This is Barbara B. I'm a compul- oh, Barbara B. Yeah, recovered compulsive overeater in Massachusetts. I'm looking at the very first sentence, but there are many who want to stop, and with them you can go far. Well, what it's causing me to reflect on this morning is that what makes an employee want to stop, what makes me want to stop, what makes somebody else want to stop. And I'm looking at the fact that no matter how much understanding of the disease, it takes the pain. As it says, pain is the great teacher. Pain is what makes the willingness. So I've listened to a lot of, you know, employers speak to me as I was teaching in Uh, missing school and not leaving lesson plans, and I had lies and I had excuses. I had to go through enough pain to make me really be willing so that when the message was carried to me, I was ready. And I find that I've wasted and lost a lot of time in the program and in my life and in relationships with trying to uh, inform, uh, educate, and persuade and inspire but pain is the great teacher. So um, that's where I surrender to that today, to pain is the great persuader. Thank you. I pass. Thanks so much, Barbara. And we'll now have Katie T. Katie, please go ahead. Katie T, press star one to unmute. Maybe my ears heard wrong. Okay, nope. Oh, there I'm you are. Here. Can you okay. hear me now? <laughs> yep, go ahead. Uh, Katie T., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in South Carolina. 
And uh, I'm in my 70s now. In my 20s, I worked uh, a night shift by myself in a big room uh, as a dispatcher for a fire department. Uh, And they had a drawer full of candy of different kinds. And people would leave money and take a candy bar, depending on what shift you were on. Well, I was all by myself. And I would maybe not have enough money, and I was in that drawer all the time, and they would make comments like, uh, it seems like we don't have enough money, is everybody paying what they should, and I knew it was me, I knew it was me, and at one point, I asked them to put a lock on the drawer so that I wouldn't get into it. I knew I was in trouble, I knew I was out of control, but employers don't know how to deal with overeaters, they simply don't, and I didn't get the lock on the drawer, and I continued to overeat on the candy. And uh, now I'm, I've gone to the difference between then and now is a woman asking me, are you desperate? But I asked her if she would be my sponsor. And I said, well, I don't know. I mean, I can't really say I'm desperate in the sense that you're asking me because I've been desperate lots of times before. I've been desperate enough to start a diet. I've been desperate enough to come to OA, but I've always left. How do I know? I can't trust myself. I'm a person who cannot trust myself. I am out of control with food. I'm I'm at step one. I know I'm out of control, but uh, that's just admitting I'm out of control. How do I know I'm desperate enough to work this program? So is that my two and a half minutes? I heard a timer go off. Um, no, Katie, thank anyway. you one more time. Go ahead. <laughs> thank you. So for me, I've gone from that moment in uh, on March 9th and that woman chose not to be my sponsor for various reasons, but um, I've been abstinent, I should say, not since then, with a two-day binge in there, uh, but freedom from food obsession almost entirely that whole time, and I just made an amends to to an employer for having blown off an entire retreat they sent me to as a reward for having the highest... uh, what I call accomplishments that year. And I, I blew it off. I didn't go to the workshops. I treated it like a vacation, took my husband with me. We went sightseeing. And uh, I just went and made amends to that employer, a financial amends, so that they could send someone else on a retreat um, at, at approximately the cost of my airline ticket and the convention. That's the difference between being back in those candy bars and wanting a lock on the drawer because that's the only way I could control my eating to working the steps in a way that uh, where I gave it, I give it everything I have every day. That doesn't mean I give it perfectly. I'm, I wake up every morning almost in self pity. Okay. In self pity and uh, self absorption, but I work my way out with the steps and prayer and meditation and thank God for this program. Bye bye. Thank you so much, Katie. And Raquel, would you like to share for one minute? Yes, thank you. No, I, I will wait. I will wait for the next. Okay. Uh, okay, Raquel. You. No problem. What's and you? now we're at we're at the uh that that special time. So thank you for everyone today. Um thank you for all your share and um Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following our closing. The share ID for today, which is Thursday, October 18, 2018, is 12059. That's 12059. 
We will now close with a reading from the Big Book on page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer. And will Janice P.M. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Absolutely. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.